0: Well, good morning, it's good to see all of you here And, and uh, as all of you know, we've got Roger and Laura Dye here today You all know her, uh, so it won't take much to introduce them But uh, we want to thank them for coming today and sharing their mission field with us And the work they've
1: been doing, and, uh, and talk to us today during Sunday school so, so welcome to both of you Well, Good morning good to it's really good to be here it's been a long time so we, we appreciate you all what we want to do is we want to do a lot of thank you and uh a little bit of a overview of what our ministry is involved in and um, then roger's going to do a little bit of teaching that you're going to do next week in uh colombia in bogota we figured we'd share some of that with you as well do i need to get closer yeah. But um, thank you for having us. Thank you for being our family. Um, You know, we've got a long history with y'all. I'm trying to think of what story would be the best one to encapsulate it. I just want to know that um, Julie Rambo happened to give our kids the first punch of culture shock when we came back. And and they got to go to Yuck Day. Does anybody remember Yuck Day? All I know is I got hosed off outside, but, uh, but, uh, we appreciate you all receiving our family with such, uh, such, uh, warmth and, and love, um, especially when we didn't know anything. Um, remember we were walking up from Lindsay Pope's house and, uh, it was not that hot, but hot for us because it's not very hot where we came from. And, uh, all four kids, we had four kids coming in and we get, got in that back pew right there and, um, you know, there's no carpet under that and um so Hudson who's my they call the little earthquake so he's just trouble if you need some comfort about your parenting I've got some for you but uh, we walk in and if we're making noise that's really noise with clunky shoes way back
0: when he was in grade school (laughs) he's a senior in college that's right
1: that's right um so we go in we sit down and he pulls out one of those shooter cars that you pull back and shoot and he was going to shoot it all the way up here and I said give so he gives me that car. And he pulls out the other one, and i said, "Give me that car!" So, so we have. I have a sitting on that back pew. Just reminded me of, oh, it's a lot different now. But um, we do have four kids. For those of you who don't know us, our oldest is Deanna, um, and she is a barn manager of a uh, for a private farm down in Wadmalaw Island near Charleston. So she horses around with some fancy horses, and um, she's actually been with us some this weekend. Um, she is 20. Nine, twenty-nine. Yes. <laughs> um, Isaac is twenty-seven, and he is married with our two grandchildren who are coming this coming weekend. So we'll get to see them, and they're expecting a third one. So, um, um, so we're excited about that. Um, and then Hudson is, uh, has actually, my father said. If he if he makes it to adulthood, he's going to be a fine man. And he has been made it to adulthood, and he is a fine man. Uh, he's in his senior year of electrical engineering um, at USD, um, having a good time, great time. Um, enjoyed an internship out in Utah um, for a defense contractor yeah mm-hmm. so out there so um, enjoying that to the hilt. and then Susie our youngest is just gone to Anderson uh, University to study musical theater we call her our drama queen she definitely is <laughs> but, uh, but she's sweet she says I just want to she says I would like to be able to write plays that direct people towards God and I thought that's a good way to start your freshman year you know she may do something different. But um, but I thought that was pretty nice, um, What else am I supposed to say? That's good. I, I really don't know what <laughs> I'm supposed to say, but we are very grateful for you. Um, your support for us is more than financial, it's more than prayer. It's a, you know generations of uh, love and kindness for us. so thank you very much.:
0: We were missionaries with mission to the World. Uh, church planting came in Chile for sixteen years. We went down in nineteen ninety eight Got to get my uh, calendar going That's why I'm here.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and uh, after we had been there about uh, 10 years, we we're getting ready to hand it over to a national pastor. Um, I was doing uh, officer training. Uh, there had been some, uh, some exciting growth in the last few months, and the entire church was looking forward to this next step of getting new uh, national officers installed. And uh, this time we decided that we wanted to uh, train all the men in the church, not that all of them would be nominated for officers, but so that they would all know what's involved in the uh, ordained leadership of the church and know how to support and pray for the rest of the men. Uh, The group was about seven or eight guys, and I think there were two uh, that were being nominated for uh, elder and one for deacon. So we uh started uh, the uh, meeting. Uh, it was on a weeknight. Uh, and uh, the first two or three uh, sessions were phenomenal. All the guys were just into it and excited and uh, looking forward to uh, both their homework and what they were going to do next week and what we were learning about leadership within the church. Uh, the fourth session was, What Does God Require? of uh, an ordained leader's marriage and family. Just looking at the requirements for elder and deacon. And that following week, every single one of the guys called or texted me and said, "Uh, something come up, Uh, I won't be able to make it. You know, there's a work situation. Another guy said there's a family uh, issue coming up. Every single one of them said, I'm not going to be able to make it so i said something's going on here and i called each one of them and, and met with them either at their workplace or breakfast or lunch or something every single one of the guys when i got down to it and said you know what's the we'll we'll see you uh, the, the following week then they said oh no 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 i mean i'm dropping out of the class i can't do it anymore well what's the issue every single one of them said something to the effect of i've never had to evaluate my marriage and family in the light of scripture and it's much less what God requires of his leaders i'm nowhere near that was a huge disappointment for not only for us as as a uh, pastoral and leadership couple in the church but for the whole congregation because we were looking forward to having new officers and all of a sudden nobody every single one of them had disqualified themselves So we dropped back and instead of teaching uh, officer training, uh, we began to teach biblical marriage roles. What is a husband? What is a wife? What is a father? What is a mother? And uh, over the course of the next couple years, these families were transformed. Uh, So much so that uh, Presbytery Uh, when we had the next presbytery, the leaders commented to me and they said, "Uh, your men are so transparent with who they are and what uh, God is doing and the struggles they've had. The presbytery asked me to become the pastor of marriage education and discipleship for the presbytery. Uh, So we began teaching uh, the things that we had gone through with uh, our uh, couples. And after a couple of years, I had just, you know, run out of all of my own creativity, scouring scripture. And I went to the local bookstores to find out, you know, what there was available in Spanish. And there were two extremes in, in the three or four local Christian bookstores. Uh, one extreme was, if you'll just make her submit, everything will be fine. And the other was, if you'll just bring her chocolate and roses three times a day, everything will be fine.
1: I don't see a problem. I don't, I don't know what the problem was there.
0: <laughs> so I began uh, searching. I can always translate things, but I wanted you know, it available now. I didn't have to work on it before offering it. So I started looking internet and asking pastors in the States, what do you have in Spanish? And There wasn't anything until I stumbled across this uh, outfit called Vida en Familia, which is the Spanish version of Family Life, and they already had a decent library about twenty different books and studies and video series uh, based on uh, the uh, laws of, of grace and biblical discipline uh, to face marriage. Uh, right about that time, it was time to come back to the U.S.
1: Um, and we felt like we needed to be doing um, uh, marriage conferences throughout Chile. And so since we've never actually been to a marriage conference, we thought we should go to one um, And instead of just teaching in our living room. So we... Uh, We signed up for Art of Marriage conference at CIU at Columbia International. We we looked
0: at lots of them, but you know there were three, four, six hundred dollars for a weekend. It was crazy.
1: This was a video conference. We fully expected to go in and be very critical of it. Um, And uh, we
0: signed up for it because it was forty dollars for the weekend.
1: And we came out of there going, just the opposite. Oh, we have to translate this and fast. We don't have anything like this. We need this really badly in all of Latin America. Um, and that's where that's where we our first connection with Family Life was through the Art of Marriage. And and indeed, they were at, uh, in the process of translating it, creating little subtitles at the bottom for um, Hispanic listeners, for um, Spanish speaking listeners. And then, uh, um, and now it's been dubbed into Spanish, um, also. So they're just looks like they're speaking Spanish now. Mm-hmm. So we did go back to Chile, and we went up and down um, Chile's a long, skinny country, looks like a green bean or a chili pepper. But, um, and we went and we did um, conferences through th- in our town and all the way down to Patagonia, um, and it was a huge blessing for us. Um, but we couldn't really continue that way, um, and so in nineteen, excuse me, in uh, 2014, um, I'm that's good. In 2014, um, we joined Family Life um, and working in their global department. Um, Roger does a bunch of stuff. Um, part of it is actually working on that translation and dubbing for all their videos. They have nice videos and. And uh, publications. So Roger works on the dubbing. He edits what the translators translate to make sure that it's a lot of things. Which brings me to my other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is this right? This right? Yes. I'll just I'll just go let somebody pass. Would you help me with this one? Would you pass? this one? Um, um, that's about our, the translation work that Roger does. He um, making it usable, making sure it's biblical, um, making sure this is my favorite part. He, he doesn't think it's a big deal, but we were watching it, and looking at the final edit of "Yard of Parenting" or "Like Arrows," I believe it was.
0: Like arrows.
1: And he said, "Did you hear the ice tinkle in that glass?" I went what glass? What are you talking about? I said, no, I didn't hear any tinkle in any glass. So he wrote down and went back, and our translators, our dubbing people, had to make the ice tinkle in the glasses so that the entire video is as close to being um, in, in, in everything in Spanish, everything the same that you would experience. Uh,
0: but the important part is really making sure that the translators, uh, that the script not only reflects what it says, but that it's theologically accurate. there's a lot of the translators, even though they're believers, are not theologically trained, so they'll tend to use uh, psychological terms instead of biblical terms. Uh, they have a, a they don't understand the difference between sin, sinful, sinfulness, uh, committing sin, and uh, natural sin. So uh, it's just uh, being able to uh, give the biblical terminology instead of the popular psychological terminology for a lot of different things going on.
1: Um, that also came to light whenever... Um, it, one, one, one word was translated for a, a, a woman. Um, mm-hmm. The w- word in Spanish is ayuda idonia, which is perfect helpmate. Um, and it was translated as... In Spanish, it was...
0: The the guy was translating it. Uh, Instead of using the biblical term, your uh, helpmate, he translated giving it a uh, workplace term for helper. Uh, And I said, we really need to stick with the biblical term and not... He said, no, 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 we need to do modern. We need to make sure it's relatable to today. I said, well, read that sentence to your wife. And she just... (laughs) I will proudly be your helpmate, but I will never, what was the, your helper uh, I will your never servant. be your servant girl,
1: errand girl, errand runner, <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh,
0: so just making sure that it's, uh, when it's biblical and offensive, that's okay, but when it's not using biblical terminology and offends, uh, that hurts the gospel.
1: Uh, so roger's basically your fine-tooth comb uh, for all the translation work he does a lot of other things Um, the uh, covid actually worked in our benefit um and uh, for many many years he has wanted to put all of our publications online and nobody really wants to dedicate time or money to that but covid came and no one could go anywhere and all the ports are closed so no books are coming in or out um so now they turned to Roger and said, "What about an online library?" And he went, "Yes." <laughs> so um, the online library um, for Latin America. He had already done a lot of things to prepare, so it got a nice good start. And it was slowed down because then China said, "The Chinese, the global missionaries in China, said, we want that too." And so, where else was it uh, Arabic? Arabic, and so he had to slow down a little bit for that. Um, he's had a recent bump in the road with that because.
0: Because the platform we've been using for our online digital library is being discontinued. So we need to find something else. So just pray that God will provide, will guide, will show us uh, what our next step is to be able to provide biblical marriage and family resources uh, without having to deal with customs and shipping and import fees and taxes and stuff like that. But just to provide it online.
1: Another thing that we both do um, is we often before COVID we traveled to Latin America um, to assist with training. We have a lot of people who can do these trainings all over the world, um, all over Latin America. Um, but we'll be doing we'll, our first trip will be next week on the 21st. We leave to go to Bogota, Colombia, and um, so we'll we'll have part of a of a we'll have s- several sessions in that training seminar. It should have. How many couples? Three hundred uh, couples. One hundred and
0: sixty couples. 100.
1: Okay, so, so about
0: three hundred and twenty or more so, people present.
1: The people who will be at that conference are people who will go back to their countries and and will um, begin or continue in marriage ministry in their country. Um, so these are people who have who have a heart for the gospel, uh, who have a heart for their community, and um, so that's that's what we will be doing um, next week.
0: Mm-hmm. And you wanted to teach some of that, right? Uh, yeah, I just thought I would uh, give you a couple of biblical lessons of the things that we. Which way are you going?
1: I'll go around. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. And I'll go sit down. You
0: need me? Uh, I'll call on you if I need to. Oh, no. Or you can jump in if you think I need to. <laughs> Part of the uh, teaching that uh, we would do uh, before running into uh, family life and discovering their resources uh, was simply working with uh, couples who are going through difficult... Nobody told me in seminary that 75% of the work would be marriage and family issues. Uh, So I just had to dig into Scripture and, and figure out how to help these couples. And the thing that we discovered... Uh, we're basically five areas where culture worldwide, Latin America certainly, but also we're seeing it in the States, teaches us the exact opposite of what marriage and family and relationships are supposed to be. Uh, and it really opened up the door. Uh, what we thought was an obstacle, you know, all the guys said, There's no way. I'm not qualified for leadership in the church. Uh, What we saw as an obstacle, God turned into the greatest opportunity for the gospel that I've seen in my lifetime. Because everyone in Latin America holds up marriage and family as something of great importance, of high value. Uh, But they don't know what to do. They've not had any or not had many examples of a solid Christian uh, marriage to follow. Uh, the first is what is the purpose of marriage? What does culture teach us? To make me happy? To have kids? To give our kids a a strong footing in life? But scripture teaches what is the purpose of man? To be happy? To have children? To glorify God and enjoy Him forever. So when you see your marriage as, well, it's here to make me happy, or the purpose of my marriage is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever, that gives a different focus. Uh, The most... uh, black and white issue is culture teaches us that marriage is a contract. You know, it's 50-50. You do your part, I'll do my part, and everything will be okay. But if you only do 50% of your part, well then I'm only obligated to do 50% of my part, right? Uh, I remember one specific time we were teaching. uh, I was teaching a a course for church leaders. And uh, I said, our culture teaches us that marriage is a covenant, not a contract. There are a couple of lawyers sitting in the back row and they said, uh, I don't believe you're from our country, so you might understand our, our language very well, but covenant and contract are exactly the same thing. There's no difference. So let's study what Scripture says about covenants and contracts, and then we'll come back to your statement. But Just explaining that our a our marriage relationship is a covenant, just as our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is a covenant. And, in fact, a covenant and a contract are the exact opposite kind of agreement. Because what is a contract? Think about your home purchase, your car purchase, your credit card agreements, uh, business contracts. What is a contract for? It has two purposes. To limit my responsibility and to protect my rights. It's basically what a contract does. But think about the covenant of salvation. Jesus Christ did the exact opposite of a contract. He gave up all his rights and he took full responsibility for our relationship with him. That's how we need to approach our marriage. As we take our vows in marriage, you know, for better or for worse, I will hold, cherish, honor you, Uh, they are written in the language of covenant. I will. This is my commitment to you. There's no mention of what you're going to do for me. But what ruins a marriage is when the secular thinking of contract comes into it, and it just kills it. Because we're always, you know, we take our vows, I'm going to do this for you, but we're really thinking, finally, somebody's going to love me. Somebody's going to cherish me. Someone's going to care for me. But that's not the vows that we're taking. A contract is to limit responsibility and protect my rights. But a covenant is to give up responsibility, give up my rights, and take full responsibility. Another area that culture teaches us the exact opposite of Scripture is the priority of marriage over any other relationship. I don't know of any other time in history when our culture has been so me-oriented. And we have run into marriage counselors, not believers, just secular marriage counselors. Uh, and thankfully, the wife came to us and said, this is what they're telling me. And... Uh, The counselor told the wife, she said, I cannot deal with you while you are struggling in your marriage relationship. You need to separate from your husband. You need to divorce him. And then we can deal in making you happy. Um, That's the opposite of what Scripture teaches. Genesis 2.24. You probably know it by memory. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Marriage is to have the priority over any other relationship on a human level. Of course, our relationship with God is first, and then marriage before work, before neighbors, before colleagues, before Classmates before children. Marriage only works at that level of priority. If we give it a uh, lesser priority, there's a little bell that goes off in the heart of the other spouse. Um, We're taught that all jealousy is bad, but Scripture also says that God is a jealous God. What does that mean? It means that if we put anything else in priority over God, he becomes jealous. That's the way it is in our marriages. If one spouse puts work as being a priority over my marriage... The other spouse gets jealous. If one spouse puts, you know, my night out with the guys or the girls as more important than my marriage, that little jealousy meter goes off. Because marriage was designed to work at one level of priority, the top priority relationship uh, over all other human relationships. You know, interesting thing about this verse is that it's also the first teaching we see in Scripture about parenting. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Parents, Scripture tells us that a parent's first job is to prepare your children to leave you and to hold fast to their wife. Help them obey God. Free them to leave. Encourage them to make their marriage their top priority. Even more important than their relationship with you. With your help, with your blessing, with your encouragement, they will continue successfully in marriage. What? How we raise them to think about, you know, You obey me until you give your vows. And then that's your most important relationship. How we train them can help or hurt their success in marriage. Hold fast is simply to defend and not let go. To choose your friends wisely. Friends will push you together or pull you apart. There are studies that show that People who are in groups of friends that hold marriage in low esteem tend to divorce on a much higher rate than people who have groups of friends that hold marriage in high esteem. Choose your closest friends as those who value your marriage more than they value you. They not have a get out, but get right attitude towards marriage. Do not tear apart what God has put together, but restore and rebuild the marriage where God has made you one. There are a lot of factors, forces, influences in our culture, spiritually, that will tear you apart. But choose as your closest friends those who will push you back together when things are difficult. It's interesting to me that we need to choose friends who will value our marriage more than they value us. Because we can't be right if our marriage is wrong. A covenant relationship that God has given us. <clears throat> what was the illustration you told me? Oh, the Mexican wedding. Uh, Making your marriage a priority even over your relationship with your children or your relationship with your parents. we were at a Mexican wedding uh, in a Roman Catholic setting, and the priest was giving the homily, and I just could not believe the interpretation he gave to uh, the wedding at Canaan. Uh, He said, see how Jesus listened to his mother? Groom, now as you are getting married, don't forget that your top priority is to listen to your mother. (laughs) Jesus had a successful life because he listened to his mother. (laughs) So train up your children to make marriage their top priority. Yes, parents are a high second, but they come in after your marriage relationship. Another thing that culture... I don't know if it actually teaches the opposite, but it is totally ignorant of what unity in marriage means. Oneness in everything. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother... And hold fast to his wife. And they shall become one flesh. You are no longer two individuals. You are a single entity. God made something completely new when you said, I do. Something that did not exist before you took that vow. You are one now. And our culture does not understand it being one. It still considers us as two individuals who have entered into a contract. And if the contract doesn't work out, well, you know what? There's still two individuals. We may not understand. I don't understand fully what it means to be one. But we have to take it by faith that God has made us one. Something new that did not exist before we said, I do. It's a miracle. It's the hand of God. We don't have to understand it. We need to trust that God's word is true and faithful. This works out uh, in many countries in Latin America in how couples handle their finances. Uh, One of the most common things we saw in Chile when we dealt with the finances part of uh, premarital counseling uh, I would ask them, you know, come with a budget and we'll work through how you're going to handle it. So they come back next week and I say, well, how, how, how are you going to handle your first month of marriage and your finances? And uh, they would pull out their notes and the groom would say, well, I'm going to pay for the electricity. And the bride would say, well, I'm going to pay for the water bill. And I'm going to pay for the gas bill. And I'm going to pay for this other bill. And, uh... That sounds like a decent way to work it out. Except, you know, you're entering your marriage six months and all of a sudden your wife didn't have the income, had some other expense, and she couldn't pay the water bill. What are you going to do? And the groom says, oh, that's okay, honey. I'll lend it to you and you can pay me back next month. That doesn't... Add to the unity of a marriage. When we are to become one, it is financially, emotionally, spiritually, in every way possible. One of the other areas for our culture is simply totally ignorant of biblical teaching is developing a vision for your marriage. Uh, One of the things we like to do is encourage people to develop God's vision for your marriage. What is your unique role in God's kingdom as a couple? You know, we learn about my spiritual gifts and her spiritual gifts. And God has given me uh, the gift of teaching, of preaching, of discipleship. And God has given her Uh, The gift of prayer and discipleship and compassion. We are good at understanding what God has given me to do for his kingdom. But we're totally ignorant on why did God bring you together? What purpose does he have uniquely for you as a couple? that He gave to you and no other couple in the world can fulfill it the way He has designed you together to do it. Uh, Your unique role in leaving a godly legacy of children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren who love the Lord and have as their vision to leave a godly legacy of godly children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Uh, those are just some of the things that uh, our culture either teaches us the exact opposite or has no clue how it functions. Um, I think we're supposed to end up about quarter till. Is that right? So let me uh, take a couple questions. Uh Anything we've left uh, totally confusing or you'd like to hear more about uh, or throw your rotten tomatoes? Are you doing a like this in America? Uh, we uh, do just a little bit, mostly in Hispanic communities. Um, we are, are open to it, but just... Uh, we're so busy doing it throughout Latin America, both traveling again uh, and uh, virtually online. What? Yeah, there, there are other people who are concentrated on doing it in English. I'm not sure I get my terms right in English anymore. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, we'd love to be involved uh, locally as much as possible as well. Yes. You want to help talk about foster kids? That was one. Go too
1: ahead. Old now. <laughs> I think we've
0: moved into mentoring and coaching parents. Come, come, tell them why we got into it and how you uh, stand up on the table and dance.
1: Well, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Watch mm-hmm. <laughs> out. I don't. I really don't know what he means. <laughs> we did do some fostering. We fostered. Um, we started out with a little Hispanic girl. I think a lot of y'all met her, and she's going to be back with her family, and we don't get to hear from her ever. So, um, but we've had a lot of other children kind of coming through, short term or longer term. We had one family that we had a little girl, and then we had her two brothers. There are five kids in that family. Um, but when we had the two boys, we. I decided I'm too old for it <laughs> it was quite the it was a it was a full court press so um, we because we have a really good relationship with the parents we um, moved into mentoring and counseling with them and so we do a lot of the family life things with them we went for, gone through the art of marriage um, with this couple that seems to be a good place for us um, being a little bit older and and kind of where our heart is um, as well so.
0: Uh, we have an informal relationship because the caseworker has uh, given the couple the choice of doing some art of marriage, art of parenting, and uh, the smart step family training with us to fulfill some of their requirements. Uh, but that's just an informal agreement, one-time deal. We'd like it to develop into uh, an option that DSS would give uh, to people that want a more... Religious approach to uh, bringing their family back together.
1: Uh, we understand that they're do, they're actually using family life material in Wisconsin in their um, in their Department of Social Services. So we'd like to see that happen here, where um, churches can become much more involved. Because oftentimes the churches are just not involved in um, in caring for foster children and their families. And um, so that's what we're, one of the things that we're in prayer about right now. And I talk to different people, but uh haven't really done that yet. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me.
0: Tell them about if someone left a child on your doorstep.
1: <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, maybe I'm not supposed to tell that. <clears throat> I always say um that in the uh, this is this is free. This is this is not doesn't have to do with family life, I guess. But um uh I think we're all very interested in helping children in our communities, uh, families in our communities. And if a, and if, a, um, if somebody left a baby on your doorstep tonight, um, you'd bring it in. You'd take it, bring it in, you'd feed it, you'd clothe it, you'd care for it, you'd love it. It would just become part of your family. Um, but the problem is the babies aren't arriving on our doorsteps. They're arriving at uh, Department of Social Services um by way of law enforcement. And so unless you have a home study done, unless you're approved, you'll never see any of those babies on your doorstep. That won't just won't happen. Um so I'm, I'm not sure why you wanted me mm-hmm. to tell that one. But, <laughs> babies but I, or
0: kids or teens.
1: So I, I just encourage um people that it, I, I um, that if you want to help, go ahead and get a home study done. You can you can have one child or no children or you, but you're not really ready to receive these children unless you've done the homework to receive children in our community. Um, in it, A few years ago in Fairfield County there were six foster homes in, in our whole county. Um, and it's kind of the same thing in Chester. Um, and a lot of the need comes out of Chester. Um, comes out of Richland County. Um, so Uh, Anyway, uh, Mm -hmm. that's... It's just
0: a shame that the church has relegated caring for orphans to DSS when Scripture has given that responsibility to God's people.
1: All right. Thank you for having us and... uh, Thank you for continuing to pray for us. Please don't stop. We're going to Bogota, Colombia next week. And the altitude is, we we just put a million million feet above sea level. (laughs) Almost (laughs) 9,000. And um, I don't do well with altitude, so I have to get uh, used to it very quickly um, because uh, they'll be counting on Roger and some on me for translation work and I will just be talking like an idiot (laughs) in two languages. But but anyway, do pray for that trip, if you would, Uh, September 21st through that Sunday. I believe we'll be coming back on Sunday.
0: We're coming back on Monday. Monday, Mm -hmm. I think we're coming (laughs) Mm
1: back.
0: All right, well, let me close in prayer. Father, we thank you that you are God, you are sovereign, you are king, and you are the one who has created uh, the covenant of salvation and the covenant of marriage. Uh, we thank you for Leaven and Church. We thank you for our family here. I pray that you would bless them, that you would bless our worship service, that the Lord Jesus Christ would be exalted, that your people would be edified and encouraged. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.